Hey everybody, we are back again for another episode of Amazing Appraising. I hope you are all doing well. We were just offered a piece of art. Somebody actually sent us some photographs on it last week. So I went over with one of my assistants on how I determined the value and its authenticity. It was a print of a drawing purportedly done by Pablo Picasso. And it came from a company. There was a sticker on the back that said, I believe, Collectors Guild of New York. And I explained to her that just looking at the picture briefly, even though we never handled this exact piece, I gave her an estimate of what I thought the value was. So in this case, I told her it was worth approximately three to five hundred dollars. And the reason I said that was the Picasso print. If you look at it carefully, there were no numbers or serial numbers. Typically, you want, whenever you're collecting to make it more valuable, is you want as the original piece that was ever made, or of course, as close to the original piece that one can make. So if you have a sculpture, for example, you're going to have the original sculpture that was made. If it's a better piece, you're typically not going to get your hands on the first edition or the very first one. And the way it's manufactured is the original piece is going to be handmade. And then one, the artist typically will make what's called a cast of that piece that he made. And then with that cast, he will, for example, make a first edition. Let's say it was done in the early 1860s. He will make, let's just say, 10 different pieces. So now you're going to have 10 different pieces from the first cast that was made, say, in the, 18, the year 1860. Now, in many cases, the artist will number the pieces by hand. That means he will hand engrave them. He will put his signature on the item, and we will hand engrave them, say, 1 out of 10. So now you have, the first one would be the most desirable, the first one that was ever made, and then the next 10 would be the next most desirable. And in some cases, they will have actually AP on it, which would stand for artist proof. So typically, the artist proofs or proofs are the first additions made of any item. They do that with coins too, proof coins. And what they do with the proof coins is they take the metal plates, the metal dies, and they high polish them, all right? So, and then in some cases, they actually polish them between minting. That means each one they make, they, they mint it, they polish it again. So they have what's called a very, very high polished finish. And the coins will look very shiny. Typically, they call them like a mirror you'll be able to see yourself in the coin, that the, the surfaces are so shiny. So that's where the word proof comes from. And now, many coins they did not make proof, some they did. If you look in the catalogs, for example, of the coins, the gold coins, the silver coins, one will see in brackets, they will say they made 1.5 million of these silver dollars, and they only made 10 proof coins in proofs. So those proof coins are extremely valuable. There's only 10 made in the world, so they're typically very valuable in any condition. And if they're in extremely fine condition or proof condition, and they're high-end, that means mint state. So now it's unusual because proofs, coins, were never really handled and gave to the general public. They all sold for premiums. So since they weren't in normal circulation, what's unusual about them is actually unusual to find a very rare proof coin in poor condition because they were never in circulation and they sold for a premium immediately from the mint. So if they only made 10 of these coins, it's virtually unheard of that that coin, somebody would take it knowing that there's only one of 10 and they would handle it and touch it and drop it. That's very rare that would happen because they were rare from the time they, they were actually made. So they were handled very carefully. They sold for a premium. And so it's actually rare 
to find them in poor condition. So typically they'll all be uncirculated or better because in mint state condition or better because they were never really handled. So the question is, of course, the higher the condition. So if you found one in mint state one or two, would be one thing if you find it, if you found it, they actually call them proof. So if you found a proof in proof 65, 66, could be extraordinarily valuable, it could be the finest known, and it could be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. So um, that's something to keep in mind. So that's the way we look at proof coins. That's the way coins were made. That's how we figured out the word mint, as in mint, meaning that it came from the mint in that condition. Um, so we have discussed that. So they would be described as proofs. All right. We were talking about that Picasso print, and I got distracted. That's fine. So that Picasso print had a certificate. So again, we were saying there's no numbers on it. That meant that it's not a limit production. That meant that the company that manufactured them, whether it was the Picasso Estate or the Collector's Guild, which had possibly the authority to print as many as they wished and sell them uh, under license. The certificate that accompanied the photograph, the print, said, as I said, it was from the Collector's Guild. So the Collector's Guild was normally considered to be a, a gallery where, or an outlet where they either themselves mass-produced them or got them from the artist's estate of items that were semi-mass-produced. They're typically not numbered. The certificate that I was telling you how I could tell uh, my assistant about it, again, the piece itself had no numbers or markings or signatures of being one of a kind or original, so nothing about the item itself had any original markings in the artist's own hand. Everything was a print. So in addition to this print lithograph, it came with a certificate on the back which said that it's authentic, etc. However, the certificate in itself was printed in, in large quantities, mass-produced, again, with no no number, no signature, nothing to show that it was. So basically that certificate did not tie in even to this exact piece, meaning I'm sure it came with the piece, but if one had two or three of these prints, there's no way that the certificate would be allocated exactly specifically to the print that you're looking at, meaning there's no holograms, no markings, no numbers. Based on that simple fact, and through my experience, I determined since the certificates were mass-produced and printed in mass production, since there's no number on the item or the certificate. And since there's no way to connect this certificate to this exact item, again, I'm not disputing that they were together when they were sold, but it's just the fact that they weren't done that way. So I surmised that it was done in large quantities and it wouldn't be very rare. And sure enough, when we looked it up, the retail price was about four to five hundred dollars. Okay, so we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Did you know gold and silver prices are at an all-time high? If you have any gold, silver, or platinum coins, bullion, Franklin Mint items, diamonds, jewelry, art, antiques, paintings, French furniture, any Tiffany items, sterling flatware, Judaica, oriental rugs, older baseball cards, sport and entertainment memorabilia, watches, especially better watches such as Rolex, Patek, Philippe, Vacheron, Tiffany, IWC, Cartier, Breguet, Omega, Breitling, Bulgari, just to name a few. APR 57 Gallery will buy them all at the highest cash prices in any condition, even broken. APR 57 Gallery also needs any designer jewelry such as Cartier, Tiffany, Buccellati, Von Cleef, Harry Winston, and Bulgari. Now is the time to cash out at the world-famous APR 57 Gallery on 57th Street in New York City across from Carnegie Hall. They'll also come to your home and do certified insurance appraisals. So if you have anything of value, call them for a free appraisal and high cash offer at 212-246-2000. 212-246-2000. Or toll-free 1-800-772-0054. 
This is Lee the Appraiser, APR 57, amazing appraising. Wow, uh, one of my family members just loves Adam Carolla, and I like him too. I think he's the number one podcast, the number one downloaded podcast in the nation. For those who don't know of him or know him, he was originally, I think from California, I believe, he originally worked or became some sort of partner with Jimmy Kimmel, and from there, um, people got to know him and knew his talent, and he's a very, very outspoken guy who you may agree or disagree with, but he speaks his mind, and you gotta love him for that, even if you don't agree with <laughs> what's in his mind, but he speaks it, and he's just great. There was something he was speaking about, you know, as you get older, you start to forget things, and I forgot what I forgot. Anyhow, the sports collectibles market is booming. I recently read they sold a Reggie Jackson rookie card. A Reggie Jackson rookie card. I'd wow. sell that. I used to sell that card for a hundred bucks. They sold one for one million dollars. I think his rookie card is 1974. I still, every week I'm going to tell you this, guys, I can't put my hand around how common modern cards are selling for six, seven figures. It's crazy. I mean, they sold a Tom Brady card for $2.2 million, a recent card of his, his rookie card that wasn't even one of a kind. It was one, I think, one of five or one of six. Yeah. Insane. And let's say kudos to uh, Mr. Julian Edelman, who just recently retired. One of the toughest players in the history of sports, and certainly one of the toughest football players, and certainly one of my all-time favorite receivers. This guy's middle name was Clutch City. Anyone out there who has a kid or themselves who is not that big, not that tall, not that fast, he's the toughest, greatest receiver that I have ever seen. I mean, the guy is just, really, just phenomenal. Phenomenal. So my hat's off to Mr. Julian Edelman, Tom Brady's unofficial brother. There is no way the Patriots would have won some of those games without him. He won the MVP in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Really, just a great, great receiver, great person, as tough as nails. And speaking of nails... We have Mr. Lenny Dykstra, nicknamed Nails. He's going to be coming up on one of our exclusive interviews on our show in the next few weeks. Make sure you listen to every show every week and pay attention to what we're doing here because you're going to be hearing. You do not want to miss those interviews. Him talking about sports, baseball, his personal life. I don't know if you want to miss that, but that's insane, okay? Lenny, Lenny, we love you, Lenny. Okay, one of the great Mets of all time, one of the toughest players of all time. I would stack him up there with Lenny, with Mr. Um, Edelman as one of the toughest ball players. Oh, oh, I was going to talk about that. Right, so these guys were not big guys, okay? Their hearts were bigger than their bodies. It's very rare that you find that, that somebody would play sports and they didn't have to be big, didn't have to be strong. They were just tough as nails, okay? So, I want to say kudos to him. Kudos to Mr. Brady for winning another Super Bowl. Oh, so I was just talking about baseball cards. So, baseball cards, again, these modern cards, but you have to get them authenticated and graded. So, the two companies, again, the main one is PSA, Professional Sports Authentication, I believe it's called, up in California. And then they have another one, uh, the Numismatic Guarantee Company, and Beckett, I believe, as well. Those are the three main authentication services. 
let's see here. So again, the value in the cards could vary drastically depending on their overall condition. Again, anyone who has any questions, they want us to look at the cards, we can grade them, review them for you, give you estimates, buy them outright, make suggestions, recommendations. If you want to invest in cards, we can help you do that as well. So every collectible will have the authority that does grade them. All right, let's talk about stamps. So stamps was my stamps. first hobby. They're little, very sensitive, frail, brittle pieces of paper. If they're unused, typically they have the original gum on the back. They are the most fragile items in the world, the lightest items. They say without question, stamps per weight are the smallest, most valuable objects in the world. Stuart Weitzman is selling two of his stamps very shortly. They estimate are gonna sell for about maybe $10 million each. They will be the most valuable items by weight in the entire world. Of, wow. co of course, you have to understand the coin that's $10 million, they could weigh a couple ounces. A piece of paper, a stamp is virtually weightless. So really incredible story. One is uh, the upside down error stamp. It's called the, uh, they call it the Princeton, the C3A. And he has a block of four of those that is in absolutely pristine condition. And the others is a British Guiana one cent Mangenta stamp that is considered probably one of a kind, the most valuable in the world. So typically, oh, we're going, oh, we're talking about the authentication. So typically we have a couple companies that grade stamps. One is called the Philatelic Foundation, which is the largest and oldest establishment for authenticating and grading stamps in the world. And then there's a couple others that we will mention at a later date because we're sort of running out of time right now. But we want everyone to tune in. We're going to have a, another segment of our show after this break. Mr. Wayne Ensrod, very famous and well-known contemporary artist, is going to be our guest. So we want everyone to stick around for that. And then after our segment with Mr. Ensrod, we all want you to stick around and listen to the preeminent Jewish radio announcer. His show, Talkline, is going to be hosted by Mr. Zev Brenner, who's a good friend of mine for the last probably 30 years. All right, everybody, we are going to be wrapping up this segment here. I want to thank everyone for listening and tuning in. As always, be sure to check out all our social media platforms at APR57NYC. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, TikTok, YouTube, you name it, we're on it. Also, be sure to listen on our very special, interesting guest interviews we do every single week. You won't want to miss them. We've included so far, I think, Jackie Mason, who's going to be a special guest of ours, Lenny Dykstra, the New York Met World Series center fielder champion, as well as many other prominent artists and celebrities. You won't want to miss them. As always, stay well, stay classy, and stay tuned in.